The Holy Gospel, according to John, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children... I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Tonight, as we do every year on this night, we read from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John. In it, we are asked to do two things. One comes in the form of a command, love one another, and the other in the form of an invitation, receive the love of God. 
and one of these things is far more difficult than the other. Let's begin with the command. John tells us that not only is this Jesus last night, but also that Jesus knows that it is. So understandably, his words and his actions take on an even greater significance as last words often do. I'm reminded of the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, which contains the final words of Moses spoken to the people of Israel just before they were to cross over into the promised land. Moses speaks those words knowing that he will die without having crossed the Jordan with them. There is, therefore, this unmistakable urgency to his voice as he struggles to communicate that which is most important and that which is most necessary. Basically, his message can be summed up in just three words. He says, remember and don't forget. In the same way, for Jesus, on this night, his time with the disciples is nearly over, and he must distill all of his teachings and everything that is on his heart, the sum of what he came to show. He must distill it down to that which is most important and most necessary. Jesus speaks with his disciples with the urgency of Moses, but also with the tenderness of a Savior. He said, and you heard a moment ago, little children, I am with you only a little longer, so I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. The message is straightforward and clear, and like Moses, it can be summed up in just three words, love one another. It's worth noting that as far back in the Old Testament as the books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, we have been commanded to love one another. In fact, time and again, all throughout Scripture, the command to love is repeated, continuing into the New Testament where, when asked about which commandment of the law was greatest, Jesus himself repeated the words of Moses, saying, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So when Jesus said, I give you a new command, it's reasonable to wonder what exactly about the command to love is new. In the act of washing the feet of the disciples, Jesus gives love its fullest expression, that is, of course, aside from the sacrifice on the cross. After he finished washing their feet, to be certain that the disciples understood, he asked them, do you know what I have done to you? And without waiting for an answer, Jesus explained, you call me teacher and Lord and you're right, for that is what I am. So if I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have set for you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, 
Servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. In this action, in this most intimate ritual of washing the feet of another, Jesus teaches us three things about the nature of his love that make the command to do so new. First, love is humble. It's not proud, it's not arrogant, it's not superior or self-important. Love is blind to status and social standing and power and money and education and race. Love makes no distinction between what car you drive or what community you live in or where you work or who you know. Love is dropping to your knees for someone, for anyone without regard for who is greater. As Jesus said, very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. Love is humble. Second, love is using your God-given gifts in service to others. In his sermon, On John 13, preached on the Thursday before Easter, Martin Luther said, It is evident that our Lord, by his action in the gospel, did not intend to teach us the outward washing of the feet, which is done by means of water. He simply gave us, by his example, an important lesson that we should, and this is key, that we should properly employ the gifts and graces which we have to the advantage of our brothers and sisters. Luther went on. In short, he said, if you enjoy a particular blessing and gift which your fellow man has not, employ this to his benefit. No matter who you are or what your position in life may be, be not arrogant and despise not him who is less gifted than you. This, Luther said, is the proper feet washing which God commanded us to observe. Do you see? Tonight is not so much about a literal washing of feet, but rather it's about an act of love extended to include all of the ways that we can serve and care for and have compassion and share that with our neighbor. There's not one prescribed way. There can't be, because we are each uniquely made and endowed with different gifts. In other words, the world needs you and the gifts you have to offer. And that brings us to the third. Love excuses the shortcomings of others. Please note, it is not insignificant that all during that foot washing, Judas was distracted by the temptation of 30 pieces of silver for the deed of betraying his Lord. It is also not insignificant that Jesus knew exactly what Judas was up to. And nevertheless, he knelt down before him 
and he took his dirty feet into his holy hands and he washed them in the basin and he dried them with the towel. While Jesus most certainly was deeply saddened by the very thought of his betrayal having been secured for 30 pieces of silver by one of his own, he still sets for us an example of love that has the capacity to forgive even the most egregious act. Love excuses the shortcomings of others. So that's the first hard thing we are commanded on this night. We're commanded to love one another and to do so with a love that is humble and generous and full of forgiveness. And loving like that is not always easy. We're flawed and we are imperfect. We are tempted and we are distracted. And sometimes our pride and greed and self-righteous judgment get in the way of a love like that. But it is far easier to love one another than to do the other thing asked of us this night. When Jesus came before Peter to wash his feet, you remember what happened? Peter declined. He resisted. He said, you will never wash my feet. First of all, let's be very clear. For Peter, his resistance wasn't about the feet. It wasn't about the washing. It was about something far more fundamental and probably familiar. It was about Peter's unwillingness to stand before God in a state of need. It was about his unwillingness to be exposed before God, to be vulnerable before God, to admit before God that he could not, by his own power or effort, do for himself what Jesus was about to do. It was about his unwillingness to give up his pretense of independence and self-sufficiency. How is it for you? Is it easier to love others with humility and generosity and forgiveness? Or is it easier to acknowledge your need for and your complete dependence upon Jesus? Before you answer, let's remember the kind of people we are. We take pride in our independence, and we have a fierce, I-can-do-it-myself attitude. And yet, the truth of this night is that before God, we are beggars, starving for what God alone can give. And often, we are just too proud to admit it. In response to Peter's refusal to be washed, Jesus said to him, unless I wash you, you will have no part in me. Jesus was speaking, of course, about the washing from sin by his blood shed upon the cross. This is a washing that none of us can do. Only the Lamb of God who bore the sin of the world can satisfy our deepest need. Peter's stubborn refusal is evidence of simple human pride. I can do it myself. It's difficult to stand before God Almighty in a state of need and receive what we cannot give ourselves. 
It's been a long year. A year of fear and worry. A year of isolation and grief. And now, as we approach what looks to be the light at the end of the tunnel, we would do well to be reminded of the lessons from this night. Our world desperately needs the love of God, expressed in humility and generosity and forgiving action. And we, every single one of us, we need the love that comes from God, doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves, and then empowering us to give ourselves away for the sake of others. In a few moments, you will be invited to be fed with the bread and the wine, the body and the blood of our Lord. This is your invitation. Come. All who are in need, come. Come with the outstretched and empty hands of beggars. Come and receive the rich and generous love of God poured out for you. In the name of Jesus, amen.